From Bloomington, Indiana, welcome to Prescription for Healthcare on WFHB Community Radio, sponsored by Medicare for All Indiana. I'm Karen Greenstone, along with Dr. Rob Stone. Hello. Our guest, Suzanne Gordon, is an award-winning author, journalist, public speaker, and patient advocate. She writes about healthcare delivery and healthcare systems. She's the author of Wounds of War, How the VA Delivers Health, Healing, and Hope to the Nation's Veterans. Her new book, Our Veterans, Winners, Losers, Friends, and Enemies of the New Terrain of Veterans Affairs will be released in July. Welcome to Prescription for Healthcare. Thank you for having me. So Suzanne, many of us don't understand the Veterans Affairs Healthcare Program and rarely hear about the VA. Will you please explain the VA as a healthcare system, how it's funded, who receives care, its research and medical training? That's a, a lot to unpack. Well, you're absolutely right. Very few people understand what the Veterans Health Administration does. The Department of Veterans Affairs, which is known as the VA, is the second largest agency in the federal government. Uh, the first, of course, is the Pentagon, which is way too large. The VA, the, the Department of Veterans Affairs, has three uh, sub-agencies. The largest is the Veterans Health Administration, which is the largest healthcare system in the country and the only really single-payer system in the country the only socialized medicine system in the country. And then there's the Veterans Benefits Administration, which um, administers the GI Bill, home loans, compensation, pensions, et cetera, and the National Cemeteries Administration. And most of us have, anybody who's driving down the street or a highway has seen a sign saying VA hospital. But probably very few people know what goes on in a VA hospital. Interestingly, in the single payer movement, not a lot of people know what goes on in VA in the VA healthcare system. Interestingly, when the single payer movement and Physicians for National Health program was launched in the 80s, the VA was not what it is today. The VA has evolved into, I would argue, the best healthcare system in the country, which of course privatizers who are also opposed to single payer Medicare for all, any kind of healthcare reform, you name it, they're opposed to it. Minor, major, they're opposed to it. The VA delivers healthcare, and I really want to emphasize healthcare as opposed to medical care, because medical care and healthcare are two completely different things. And it's really our nation's only population based healthcare system in our nation's only social determinants of health system. In the 80s, when the initial proposals for single payer came out, the VA was not what it is today. It, it was a bit of a mess. It was overwhelmed by Vietnam, by the Vietnam era veterans. It was a hospital-only based system. And in 1994, under the um, influence of unarguably the best that the undersecretary for health, Kenneth Kaiser, who is also a physician and a public health expert, it was transformed into really what became the best healthcare system in the country. It was getting accolades from Business Week, Harvard Business Review, and then Bush comes in 2000 and basically says, oh, this is terrible. We're getting all this good press for a government healthcare system. We can't have that and really shut down the VA press office. It's very interesting. And it still is the best healthcare system in the country, and that's why they're trying to kill it. You know? And sadly, I think people often don't 
understand that the threat to the VA is a threat to our efforts to have decent healthcare, a decent healthcare system in this country. Because if you can't protect the VA, which has this unassailable constituency of people who have served our nation in the only way that Americans seem to all recognize service to the nation, which is going and killing other people in foreign lands and getting harmed in the process, how can you possibly get healthcare for the rest of us? And and I actually think that, and we can talk about this later, that one of the best ways to expand the constituency for single payer and for real genuine healthcare reform is to actually expand who gets to be seen by the VA. Because right now, and, and this is something also most people don't understand, most people in America, if you go to anybody on the street, probably including any single payer advocate, they think any vet can go to the VA to get health care. No, absolutely not. You can only get care at the Veterans Health Administration if you have a service-connected, a provable, proven service-connected disability. That's a whole other can of worms. If you have a low income or are indigent, or if you have the right discharge status. And, and this is very in the weeds. I mean, I'm glad to talk about it because it's just disgraceful what the military does to people with PTSD or traumatic brain injury or people who act out, have a minor infringement, they kick them out with what's called an other than honorable discharge. And that means that they're not eligible for VA benefits of any kind. And I want to emphasize, because it's really important, because a dishonorable discharge, which they are very rare and require a court martial, is completely different than this other than honorable discharge. There's a dishonorable discharge and an other than honorable discharge. I never knew all this stuff. I mean, it, but it's quite fascinating because it, it shows how horrifically the military works. Right now, about 11 million people are really eligible for VHA care, Veterans Health Administration care. Nine million are enrolled. If you got rid of all these cockamamie eligibility requirements, that Congress imposes because we don't want to pay the costs of military service and of war, then you would have 19 million people invested in a socialized medicine system. And if you included their families, you'd have 40 million plus people invested in a national health system. Well, Suzanne, I, I think what you said is so important. My experience it's maybe a little different because I actually met Ken Kaiser in the early 90s, just before Clinton appointed him to run the VA. My experience as a medical student in Denver in the late 1970s was that the VA was a mess. And, yeah. and then I it was amazing, though. And, and then so I've come to understand uh, a lot about the VA since. And some of that's from listening to you talk before. I have so many questions, Suzanne, because this didn't even get to research and medical training. Karen, you asked about the missions of the Veterans Health Administration. And that's really important because I think almost no one understands that it's not just the Veterans Health Administration doesn't just serve veterans, it serves all of us because it has four missions. The first mission is obviously delivering care to veterans. And of course, if you're not a veteran, that's, you know, that's that. The other three missions are the VA 
and and I know Rob has experienced this, the VA trains about 70% of American physicians in training nurses, 50% or more of American psychologists, PTs, OTs, you name it, they train them. It is the hub of the American healthcare training system. If the VA disappeared, it would be chaos. The VA is also probably the biggest research arm of American medical and healthcare research. I have the VA to thank for my shingles vaccine. If I smoked, I'd have it to thank for my nicotine patch. And if I had a pacemaker, I'd have it to thank for that. It's doing major work on the impact of genes and and genetics on healthcare. And the final mission, and this is so important and nobody at all knows about this, is what's called its fourth mission, which is to serve as uh, the backup to the rest of the civilian sector healthcare system times of emergency, which it has done in spades in COVID. They have sent people all over the country to help in civilian sector hospitals. They've taken over for-profit nursing homes, which were killing people right and left. And I and I mean it, killing people right and left. And they have welcomed people into their hospitals when civilian sector hospitals were overburdened. So this is a major function of the VA. In terms of wound care and traumatic brain injury, there's a lot of research that's being done as well. Research on everything, you name it. And the VA does everything well that the American healthcare system doesn't do. It is, I would argue, the only healthcare system that actually coordinates care. And by coordinating care, I don't mean that you share the same chart. That's not care coordination. Reading notes in a chart is not care coordination. It helps with care coordination, but it isn't care coordination. People talking to each other about patients is care coordination, teamwork. They're a leader in teamwork. And anybody who would like to see how to do teamwork should go to my website, SuzanneGordon.com and click how to huddle. And we did a video on their teamwork. It's extraordinary. And then a lot of people, Karen and Rob, think that the only harm that, that veterans suffer is on the battlefield. Nothing could be further from the truth. And so I always bristle when they talk about the VA specializes in combat. It does, obviously. But it specializes in burn pits and toxic waste. And 126 American military bases in the United States have been named as toxic waste dumps. You don't have to leave America to have military sexual trauma or PTSD or back, neck, shoulder, knee, foot, toe, whatever injuries from extreme exercise and carrying around a hundred pound pack. It's interesting because I do a lot of talks to medical students and they think we don't need a special VA system because a patient's a patient's a patient. Well, Rob, this patient and that patient are very different. And if they're African-American, they have different problems. And if they're African-American and a veteran, they have different problems. And if they're African-American and a veteran and we're in combat, they have different problems. So when people say that the VA should be shrunk because what it's really good at is combat wounds, I say, no, what it's really good at, what its specialty is delivering integrated, coordinated care to human beings and understanding what integrated, coordinated care is. This concludes part one of our interview with Suzanne Corden. Part two of our interview will be broadcast on Thursday, March 10th. For more information, visit her website, veteranspolicy.org.
This is Karen Greenstone and Dr. Rob Stone for Prescription for Healthcare, sponsored by Medicare for All Indiana on WFHB Community Radio. To your good health, everyone, stay safe and wear a mask.